Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. My name is Gabe Estel. Good to be back with you. I am here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi-Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. Doing good. Good, good. Good to see you. Glad to be back uh, right before the holiday season here. Um, going to talk today, uh, before we really get going on today's focus, about some of the, the hot stove is still hot. It's still going on. Um, still some big names out to be had. But the Royals made some moves recently uh, this week with uh, the acquisition of Chris Medlin. And uh, I think Kendris Morales was a couple weeks ago. Guess who else did they sign? Chris Medlin and who else? Um, uh, Medlin, Edinson Volquez, and That's Alex a- Rios uh, and Kendris. And Rios. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, the Royals, they arrived a little bit later on the scene than the, the Cubs and the Sox, but kind of making a splash of their own right now by acquiring, uh, I would say, some kind of some second-tier talent, but yeah. but still stuff that could help the t- guys that could help the team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, um, I think the Volquez Vol- obviously replaces Shields, but go ahead. Well, yeah, that, I, that would be aspirational. Um, but uh, it's interesting because, you know, they're spending some of that World Series money uh, in years past, they would have made the they would have signed Kendrys Morales and been done with it with the whole off season. Uh, but since they got a bit more money, uh, and you know they want to appease the fans for uh, you know the the joy ride that that everybody went on uh, in October, and so they went in and got Rios. And either one of those signings, I'm pretty indifferent to, um, especially when a guy like Mike Morse. Uh, was available and signed for less money with Miami. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and he was absolutely frightening to see up there every time he went up to bat uh, against the Royals yeah. in the World Series. The White Sox drafted him, actually. Oh, really? Back. Yeah. He's getting up there in age, but I, yeah, I always like the way he played. I, yeah, yeah, he can play the outfield play first base too yeah he's got more of a fear factor in him uh than i think morales or rios does um the ensign volquez uh signing was you know pretty pretty prudent um but i'm i'm pretty excited about the chris medlin signing granted the guys had two tommy johns um but before those he was pretty much the ace of the braves and the upside with him is pretty pretty high and um, you're, you've only invested seven or eight million in them for a couple of years with an option for a third okay. year. So I thought that was a, a, a pretty nice signing. They didn't do anything dumb, you know what I mean? Like they didn't go cr- no. didn't go crazy with contracts or anything. Like that. Right? They didn't give it. Alex Rios a four year deal. Thank God. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that would have been dumb. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. You know they know they don't have to give people these long term deals because I mean they've got the pieces in place to win the whole thing next year. You know right. I mean right. So not, you don't really have to award these big contracts when your window's a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um. You know I, it is a little odd that after going to the World Series for the first time in you know nearly thirty years they they didn't make an attempt really to bring some of the guys back like Butler they let go. You know, shields, which it, I think it was most people didn't think they were going to resign yeah. them just due to the cost. Mm-hmm. And then Aoki, right guy. I, I, I actually, I was going to tell Levi this. I think I think Nori Aoki would be a really good fit for the Cubs in the outfield. Uh, kind yep. of a speedy guy that can play defense. He gets on base. He can kind of play know. defense, yeah. but he's he's not as. I mean, he's not terrible. <laughs> um, 
he would be he would be relative. He's still on the board. I think he would be relatively inexpensive. The like guy, he the, does outfielder, why not? Yeah, like on the Soriano meter, better or worse right. as a defensive right. outfielder. Right. <laughs> he get the job yeah. done. You know. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I think they took emotion out of it. A lot of these decisions were made pretty much by midseason. The idea that okay, Butler's not coming back, Shields isn't coming back, and that was pretty much just a given uh, as far as the sentiment around town went. It was, you know, people in July knew that these guys weren't going to be around next year. And that's not a bad approach because you can get too attached to guys, right. and you know, I mean, I as much as I, I'm thankful for the guy's service. I mean, I think the White Sox did that a little bit with Canerco, you know? Um, yeah. It, yeah. Is, it was such a, uh, it was a sentimental contract. Right. You know? Right. I mean, that they gave him a couple times. Um, and uh, that's, that's not always the smartest approach, you know, definitely the team sort of thinking with its heart instead of its head there. Wait, um, it can work if the player is willing to negotiate and to, yeah. you know, give the hometown discount. Um, yeah. But if, if they're not, then you just, Got to let him go. Right, right. So it'll be interesting to see uh, to see what happens next. I mean, obviously, I'm I have I have this weird prediction, and I want to run this by you. Um, even though the Yankees got that that kid from Arizona, I think his name is Gregorius. I might Didi? be mispronouncing yeah. his last name. Didi Gregorius. Know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, from Arizona, and mm-hmm. he was he's supposed to be really good, you know, but I don't I don't think he's panned out quite yet. I think the Yankees, unfortunately, are going to trade for Tulowitzki. I think they're going to get him within the next couple weeks. I heard the Mets are Probably. interested. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think they want somebody of that caliber to fill in for Jeter. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, Tulowitzki is oh, one yeah. of the best short. Probably, I would say, arguably, he's the best He's the best total package at shortstop as far as hitting goes as well. But he's getting so big, he seems like he's destined for third base in a couple years, just like A-Rod. Be. Yeah. Could yeah. be. I mean, they uh, and they've got Headley now at third. They did resign him, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I could see it happening. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, yeah. I don't know. And if he goes to the Mets, I mean, I think the Mets you know to be good. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 So it seemed like they'd just be taking on another yeah. contract yeah. and not really having the pieces around him. But yep. yeah. But anyway. So a lot of stuff left on the hot stove. A lot of big names still out there, and uh, we'll probably know a little more. Yeah, it has. It's been really exciting for all three of our teams now. Yeah, everybody's been active, so that's oh yeah. Um, And (laughs) I'd probably be remiss if I if I didn't mention the San Diego Padres suddenly, yeah, uh, (laughs) unexpectedly (laughs) become the biggest free agent players. Good for them. I don't know what the hell's going on out there. Yeah, 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 they're all in. Yeah, they're all in. Um, I mean, they acquired five starters. You know, like I mean, that's half your more than half your lineup. They've changed. Yeah, um, dealing so, like an NBA team. Yeah, yep. I, I don't think they're going to get much out of Kemp. Um, but I Myers trade. I mean, if you know, he's kind of a project. I would say at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll see. A lot of stuff going on out there in San Diego. All right. Um, before we move on, we're going to talk about live music today. Uh, a recap of the year in live music, shows we saw, maybe shows we wanted to see. And then we're also going to talk about some double bills that we would like to see. But before I get into that, um, in the news this week, uh, within the last week or so, I should say, excuse me, uh, Billy Corgan, lead singer, well, 
the, the only real smashing pumpkin left, I guess. Um, you know, he's kind of been shooting his mouth off in the press, um, saying he doesn't understand the popularity of, of uh, did you say Pearl Jam and Soundgarden? Foo Fighters. Is that the, the other band? PJ and Foo Fighters. Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters. And Foo Fighters, excuse me. Okay. Um, obviously, two ba- two other bands that, you know, kind of emerged at the same time, or, well, relatively the same time. And, you know, the Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam playing arenas and stadiums, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, playing clubs, I guess. And that's really what it is. Um, what do you guys make of this? Because I, to me, he's just, a, he's, he's, he's just always been a shit talker. So I just kind of trust yeah, him. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's his thing. Uh, yeah, I was, he, he always had more talk than talent. I yeah. always thought like he and that would at times that's what makes bands popular you know what I mean? to say the, he never made any good music because i think the dude did no I, exactly. I, yeah, i've got some yeah, in there I, like yeah. the, I i was gonna connect it a little bit to sex pistols and that the sex pistols were really fucking great at marketing and it was like you know the whole package and the pumpkins kind of had that they were like the gothy band and he like talked his smack to all the bands i just think it's funny about how his biggest complaint in the interview was saying that he, Everyone knows that it's not a three-star record, so I don't know why we're getting three-star reviews. I, yeah. It, with that, it was just like, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the that's him. I think he'll always be. Oh, I, I listen to it. It's yeah. It is what it is. I, yeah, I gave I give each song the iTunes listening, which is what like the first minute thirty of each song. <laughs> <or whatnot. laughs> I, I gave it the old iTunes shuffle and uh. It, they didn't grab me yeah. know, for nothing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because I guess if we're going to stay in the same circle and compare, you know, Billy Corgan to Dave Grohl or, or Eddie Vedder or Kurt Cobain, which Billy Corgan likes to group himself with Kurt Cobain because Kurt Cobain isn't here yeah. to, to defend himself. Um, <laughs> so right. uh, that out of all of those, the rest are pretty, like, uh, jocular in a way. Um, yeah. But... Billy Corgan seems to be the most uh, competitive. Oddly enough, he's he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. he's like yeah. he's like the the run of the litter who's who feels like he has to go try to beat up the biggest guy in the room in order to prove himself. And the other guys, yeah. even though they're like like more overtly, uh, you know, uh, you know, sports fans and things like that, uh, as a lot of the members of Pearl Jam are, um, or you know, the idea of arena rock, it's it's. Corgan, who acts like the arena rocker uh, out of yeah. all three, and it's oh, kind of yeah. strange. Yeah. And I mean, he, he I, th- I think that the interviewers are just having fun with him. I mean, they just set it up on a tee and, and let him shoot his mouth oh, yeah. off. And it's like the, the, yep. the interview writes itself, they don't, they don't have to do much. Yeah, absolutely. He, um, you know, obviously, I think the, the fact that it's just him and the band, too has you know hurt their popularity i mean it has to i mean he's only calling it the smashing pumpkins because that makes it more marketable you know people people aren't going to show up rights to that name people not as many people are going to show up if it's if it's called the billy corrigan band yeah you know this is not as many people are going to show up if it's called the axel rose band yeah you know (laughs) um you go from playing arenas to theaters then you know yeah and, uh, I mean, he's already playing theaters. Um, and, yeah, he just seems bitter about it all, you know? Very. He seems really petty yeah. and really bitter about maybe success that he wasn't able to sustain, 
mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and I think it was like a specific time and place for them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they got popular because I think everything came together at the perfect time for them to get popular. I don't know if they necessarily would have if there hadn't been the the like grunge if grunge hadn't been around i don't you know what i mean yeah they kind of come off as a, as too artsy yeah it points for for mainstream listeners Good yeah point. i yeah. mean i think with grunge coming around a lot of those labors were labels excuse me were really eager to sign something that sounded different mm-hmm. you know um yeah. I, 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 I you guys would have to google it but like like it's there's this it's on BuzzFeed or Spin or somewhere, and it's like it's like the ten craziest alternatives to get major label deals. Oh, yeah. you know, and it was all these bands like Jawbreaker and and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like these bands oh, yeah. that like don't really like if they're good or not, don't really have any commercial appeal, but they were getting like big record contracts. Yeah, because of Nirvana and because of Pearl Jam and, yeah. and Soundgarden and maybe even yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. So, yeah. Um, so I think that ties into Levi's point that. You know they they really they benefited from the timing of of the release of of uh, Siamese Dream yeah. definitely and it's it's yeah. disappointing because in their own right you know in a vacuum it's it's it can be entertaining music and uh, oh yeah you know it's, and it's a unique great. sound but when he oh, when yeah. you put it in the context of of you know the writer of that music thinking that it's a competition then it it really taints it yeah absolutely well yeah, and thing is he wants to hold it up with music that's been made forever so it's like man if smash you can't put smashing pumpkins up as saying it's one of the best bands or they have one of the best songs or that they have one of the best albums of let life. other people I just decide can't. that for yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's I, I i just don't think they would ever be listed in that yeah in that context I'll stand by this. I think Cherub Rock is one of the best opening tracks ever. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's, it is. it's, it's a, a good song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that the right out of the gate. That's 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 yeah. a killer. Yeah. Um, uh, they, yeah, there's some good. They always had that good, even though that was their nostalgic feel to it. And so, listening to those songs, they take you back. Or me personally, they take yeah. you back to you know a time in the early '80s, but. I can't. I can't look at them deeper than that. I can't look at them being masterpieces of art or anything. Yeah, it it didn't have the staying power with me that you know other bands that he's comparing himself yeah. to did. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So. Exactly. Great way to wrap. But. Yeah, and he's a shit talker, and that's 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 what he does. That's I mean, you almost thing. feel sorry for him because he just he's so yeah. insecure. Yeah, it's it's sad, and right. it's like, dude, yeah. you only need to worry about your own music and how confident you are in that. Don't worry about what other people think about it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Absolutely. it's kind of sad. Yeah. Um. Well, I want to talk now about um, the focus of today's show. Uh, talk about live music from the year. So some of the shows that we saw, as well as some of the shows maybe we would have liked to have seen, and then also who we would like to see paired together on tours soon. Um, in my case, with my choice, it's probably before it gets too late. Um, so I think I'll just go around here. Um, if you guys want to just tell me you know, what, what was the best live show you caught all year, and then maybe also you could say the most disappointing live show that you caught i mean personally i didn't get to see as many shows this year fatherhood will do that 
for you. Uh, yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, I'm in that same boat. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, I still was able to get out there a few times. So, um, Jonathan, what about you? We'll start with you, man. Yeah. I know you had a pretty sure. good year for live music. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a moderate year in terms of amount of uh, shows, but I was pretty happy with uh, the diversity there. Um, uh, with a, a local venue called The Riot Room, started booking uh, more uh, indie bands, and so I got to see uh, Yuck and, and Angel Olsen uh, there, uh, as well as uh, later in the year, Mud Honey. Uh, and uh, the Mud Honey show was, was pretty awesome. This is a joint that only holds a couple hundred people, The Riot Room. And, uh, uh, so, so I was essentially, you know, had my, <laughs> I was essentially leaning on Stevie Turner's, uh, uh, amp stack, like during the show. Um, <laughs> even, uh, I, after the show, I, I just like pulled the set list off the stage. I just like reached down, <laughs> yanked it. Um, <laughs> and so that was cool to, to see them. Um, and they played, uh, uh, FDK, Fearless Doctor Killers, uh, which is appropriate being so close to Kansas. Um, and, uh, so they, they knew what they were doing. Uh, they, they knew what they were doing. And, um, uh, other than that though, we had a pretty busy October going to see Pearl Jam, uh, in St. Louis and, uh, Tulsa and Lincoln, Nebraska. And definitely highlights uh, on all three of those, uh, you know, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns, uh, Bob O'Reilly with a 10-year-old kid whose birthday it was that they just pulled up on stage and the kid, like, screamed all the words from the stage. It was phenomenal. And and Lincoln, Nebraska, they did Open All Night, the Springsteen cover from Nebraska, uh, which was fantastic. Um uh, nice. A couple days after that was uh, the war on drugs, and the war on drugs in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, was was fantastic. Uh, uh, hands on the stage, uh, and just uh, you know a wall of sound. Uh, so the the, the war was on that drugs. A uh, no, I think I think it was the Granada, Granada. Okay. Yeah, um, but uh, the the war on drugs set. Uh, under the pressure, ocean in between the waves, phenomenal. Uh, cover of Tangled Up in Blue was pretty. I mean, it sounded like he'd been singing Tangled Up in Blue for thirty years. Uh, just nailed it. And um, uh, closing with Baby Missiles is a uh, pretty, pretty crowd pleasing way to go. Um, Arcade Fire uh, uh, and Paul McCartney. You know, seeing them, it's it's hard to pick a favorite. The one that I was probably most anticipating was the War on Drugs. To finally get to see them uh, was pretty fantastic. Though seeing McCartney play "Live and Let Die" was uh, also on the bucket list, uh, and uh, yeah, 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 because uh, you know to pony up uh, for the ticket, pretty much that was all I needed to see to make the price of the ticket worth it. Was "Live and Let Die." So, uh, but that and back <laughs> in the USSR. Right? What's that? Was that in Kansas City? Yeah, that was at the Sprint Center here in town. Um, there, there was the one guy in the crowd, like, yeah, <laughs> simply having a wonderful crowd. Come on, play it. <laughs> I was the guy yelling "Spice like us," all right? <laughs> right? And, and I was the guy yelling "Junior's Farm." So, yeah. Uh, so he yeah, he has been doing Junior. He has done Junior's Farm over the last couple of years. He has the last. Yeah. Uh, good run of shows yeah yeah, no yeah it wasn't bad um out, out of all of those the, the war on drugs was probably the most anticipated and the most fulfilling 
Nice. Good deal. Uh, but as far as uh, my old man oh, yeah. syndrome, what uh, what I what I bailed out on on the last minute <laughs> yeah. though, uh, that I wish uh, wish I wouldn't yeah. have in hindsight. Uh, Could have uh, gone to, but didn't. Yeah, um, Saint Vincent uh, in Lawrence was was one early in the year where just just after she had released her new record, uh, that I was like, well, I've only kind of started to get into this record. I don't know if I want to go. And in hindsight, it's like, oh god, I wish I would have wish I would have gone. Uh, She's going to be huge. I mean, she already is, but I mean, I think she could probably fill bigger venues. She's now. opening for the Black Keys at the Sprint Center this week. Oh, is she? Mm-hmm. Oh. So that's Man, my year I lost interview. interest in. I got to be honest. Uh, sorry, not to not to digress, but the Black Keys. That is. I've always been kind of indifferent yeah, to them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Sold a lot of the records, record shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, they're certainly popular. Yeah, yeah. Levi, what about you, man? I didn't get to go to as many shows that I wasn't working as I would have liked to, but I did work a lot of shows as uh, my other job as a stagehand, and so I would say probably the best show that I heard this year, quality was hands down Steely Dan at the mm-hmm. State Fair. And um, I just I love the set list. I thought the audio quality was excellent. Um, I just thought it was a really good night. For a little while, you didn't feel like you were sitting in the grandstand at Sprinkle, Illinois. You know, um, and that, that's what a, a good concert does. That it takes you away. You know right. what I mean? And um, kind of as a, like a redemption song. Seen this band in November 2013 in Peoria, and I'd gotten the tickets given to us. And they were kind of disappointed, and the lead singer's voice was not good at all. And so when I saw they were coming to Springfield, and I was going to have an opportunity to work with them, I was I was apprehensive. I was like, man, I wonder how it's going to be. And that band's the Moody Blues. And surprisingly, they sounded excellent when they were in Springfield. And John Lodge and um, Justin Hayward had mentioned the night that they were in Peoria, that they were like under the weather. But you never know. You know what I mean? These are like rock stars that have been on tour for like 35. So they just say and like cover a night. They're not feeling that great or are they really sick or what? But they came to Springfield and brought it and they sounded great. And um, one of the shows I really would have gone to and I found out about it like four hours before the show started was the Kentucky Headhunters played in Springfield. Nice. On a Friday night. And it was like not advertised hardly at all. And the, you know what I mean? The radio wasn't promoting or anything. Yeah. And they just played it at like a bar on the north end. And it was like the all original member Kentucky Headhunters. Wow. That's so I would love to one of the best country albums that. of the 80s, man. Definitely. Oh, yeah. For sure. And so, yeah, I, I kicked myself for not. Like, it, it was one of those things where it was like, man, you can get a car and you can go, or you can't. And and I, I old man syndromed it, and I stayed home. Right. Yeah. We've reached that point. I hear you. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I um, I saw some good ones, too. Um, I, You know, strangely enough, one of the best shows I saw this year, I don't know if it was the best, but... Um, Back in March, and it was over in Maryville, Indiana, at this venue called the Star Plaza Theater that I'd never been to. Um, it's, uh, I saw this band called The Musical Box, which is this Genesis, Peter Gabriel-era Genesis cover band. Oh, wow. And quite frankly, they were, they were, they were phenomenal. Um, 
they're from Montreal and um, they were doing selling England by the pound in its entirety. Wow. And uh, go on YouTube and, and check out some links of them. I mean, it's, it's uncanny, like how, how accurately they recreate Genesis, you know, 1975 show essentially yeah um the costumes everything oh yeah makeup Uh, the stage setup yeah just oh i mean the guy is so animated as well um yeah it was great man and the musicianship was just stellar i mean those are i'm not a musician but those are really those are really complicated pieces of play you know like these there's no easy front rock no like 15 minute genesis songs aren't really aren't really for beginners you know um so they were great Man, I, I highly recommend if they're around to go check them out because um, you won't be disappointed. Really, really good stuff. Nice. Um, and they've they've done um, like a couple of years ago they did Lamelize Down on Broadway in its entirety. Even a few years uh, a few years ago as well they did Trick of the Tail. So they they did like a little bit of the early Collins uh, on Vogue's yeah. era too. So it's just really ambitious project. I'm I'm glad like people have caught on to it. Um, but yeah, the musical box—they're—they're they're great. Um, so that was a good one. Um, I saw um, the Cult, which was probably my favorite show of the year. I'd been one—I've been nice. meaning to see him for quite a while. Um, yeah. Started getting into oh. him about five or six years ago. Like, I mean, I always knew who they were, but you know, I really got into uh, Love and um, Sonic Temple and and Electric. You know just really great albums uh, um so i saw them in a smaller venue uh called concord hall in chicago and they were great um that was my first time out like as a dad by myself too um so it, it was great and uh billy duffy i think is really I, I would put him up there as one of rock's most underrated guitarist i i think he's just i think he's just a phenomenal player he's got killer tone uh oh, yeah. really just Excellent really song. like really smooth stage presence you know he oh, just yeah. he just he makes it look really effortless uh, um, yeah i would say he's like one of the most underrated guitar riff writers of that era for absolutely sure. absolutely like no one no one looks at him as they do like a slash or or no. someone like that you know what i mean and and they should because he he wrote some really really cool guitar riffs oh yeah absolutely yeah all over i mean um and and um Ian Astorberry sounded great. I mean, he's just always, he's just such a cool character, you know? Um, so yeah, really good set list. Um, you know, obviously pretty heavy on older stuff, but since I'd never seen it before, that was fine by me. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the, she sells sanctuary just brought the fucking house down, you know? Yeah. I mean, just everybody yeah. was just loving it. Um, and they, 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 were, they were playing it like they, they weren't sick of playing it either. You know, I, I mean they they definitely nice. just they jammed it out like it, it it just if they're if they're around again within the next year which they probably will be um i highly recommend going to check them out you won't be disappointed right. and there was yeah. also a really good opener that i hadn't heard of prior to um arriving at the show called electric citizen and they're from cincinnati and uh it's hmm. a um they're a metal band but kind of in like more of a stoner metal sort of early sabbath set- and they have a female vocalist. Um, it's a husband and wife team in the band, and uh, they're really good. Yeah, they're called Electric Citizen, and I, th- I think they put out one of the, the better albums of this year as well. Hmm. So that was really good. Um, I got to catch Riot Fest, you know, at least 
two days of it. Riot uh, Fest, it yeah. But yeah, but it was it was a great one. Um, the band that I liked the most actually was this band called Metric. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Um, female vocalist as well. Oh. I, I'd heard them. You know, I'd, I'd streamed the album once or twice, and I, I thought it was okay. You know, I, I didn't think it was bad. But when I saw them live, they really they really tore it up. Um, they were my favorite act there. Um, you know, I got to see Mud Honey, a little bit of Mud Honey at Riot Fest, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, Cheap Trick at Riot Fest. Um, so yeah, yeah, good, good, good time there. Um, and I, like Levi said, I also got to see Steely Dan as well. Uh, um, probably the biggest disappointment for me. Um, it's this is a hard show to characterize just because I have such a strange relationship with kiss you know it's like a kind of a love hate thing you know (laughs) like it's i mean i love them but um the show in las vegas was i think much shorter than it should have been you know it was like they only played for like 80 minutes Hmm. which um yeah which i don't really get because in las vegas you know there's no curve i don't think there's you know there's it's not curfew applicable I, i i wouldn't think so um so yeah that was that was probably the most disappointing show for me just based on length uh and it was so weird to see kiss in a theater i mean just like they crammed everything that would be an arena in a theater so like they didn't need like the big you know you know the big led screen you know things that they would have in an arena but they had them still like in the theater (laughs) so it was like he was right like the band members were right there but like also behind them was like giant projections (laughs) of it it was just it was almost like artillery shells going off (laughs) i would have liked to have seen them take that away because it would have been like seeing kiss well not really but it would have been would have been kind of like seeing kiss like in 1975 like you know when they were playing theaters before like you know alive and destroyer came out and really blew them up you know i mean if i could travel back in time that would be like my dream show would be would be to like see kiss in in Springfield at the at 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 the Armory, which they played in yeah. 1975, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like that would be yeah. just, just to see a band that young and hungry to want to take over the world, and you know, yeah, I thought it would be. I was hoping for something like that. Instead, I got like Kiss's show, their big show, <laughs> right. in a small venue. Yeah, that's so, strange that they would so, do yeah. that. That's really strange. Yeah, it seems unnecessary, but everything's kind of over the top with Kiss anyway. Yeah, so. Uh, so unnecessary but unsurprising i guess yeah yeah so yeah so that was that was it for me man um i, I would say the cult probably wins it for me yeah uh, yeah it was a really really great show oh i also i also did get to see the war on drugs as well yeah. who were i feel bad for not saying that i i got to see them but i, I i'm embarrassed to say I, I left a little bit early because they didn't take this it was a sunday night i think and they didn't take the stage until like ten thirty. so like I knew what the encore was going to be. It was going to be baby missiles. So I just was like, ah, I'm out of here. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Old, old man syndrome kicking in right there at the end. Yeah, that's right. And as far as old man shows, (laughs) I missed, um, I missed torch. Uh, I've, I've talked about on this podcast before how keen I am on torch. They got a new album coming Mm -hmm. out next month. The, 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 I've heard the first single minions. It's awesome. Um, so they played at a, small venue in chicago a new venue that just opened um god i forgot what it's called it's over it's down in the hyde park neighborhood uh Mm -hmm. south side and um they played uh back in september and i missed it so i regret that um i'm sure they'll come around again you know obviously with a new album yeah let's face it every 
but he's going to be on tour. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't think I'll have to wait too long to see him again, but um, I'm sad that I missed him. Yeah, it was always a bummer when you 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 miss a tour that's for your favorite album in hindsight. And I yeah. did that with uh, Sufjan Stevens when he was touring with Illinois, and he he was playing out in um, out out in Lawrence at the Bottleneck, I think. And it was one of those last minute old man syndrome. I was like, yeah, never mind. I, I don't need to go. Obviously, we're partial to Illinois yeah. because we're we're from Illinois, and um, and it turns out that it was it was quite the production. You know, they they have uh, cheerleaders. They had cheerleaders in, in uh, like, Illinois wow. outfits uh, singing the songs, ah. and uh, it, that would have been really awesome to see. And, and uh, uh, in hindsight, yeah, definitely yeah. should have caught that particular tour. Even though I, I, I do enjoy uh, Sufi and Stevens' later albums like The Age of Odds, but um, that one in particular would have been nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Now... Any shows that yeah. you guys wanted to see, uh, or I'm sorry, I should say, uh, any any set list that maybe you weren't able to, you know, you, you couldn't attend if it was in another state or something. Uh, for me, the the Pearl Jam shows in Moline and Milwaukee, yep. where they did the albums in its entirety, yep. unannounced, you yep. know, that's just, th- those get set lists of the year for me, just yep. based on what they did. Just, you know, unannounced, we're going to do no code. Unannounced, we're um, pretty crazy, you know, yeah. Yeah. Un- and unprecedented. Well, kind of yeah. unprecedented for them. That I think uh, they once did maybe ten in its entirety, um, but that was when that was all that they had. <laughs> um, well, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for them to do that, I mean, nobody expected that. You know, like especially you know, like yeah. in Moline, we're gonna bust out no code in its entirety. Yeah, and it's know? not yeah. Halloween or anything like that. I don't think it right. was. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it's, dude, I, I mean, it, in hindsight, because obviously those are shows that we could have gone to uh, if we, you know, reworked the schedules differently, as opposed to. Choosing. I got offered a ticket to Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, and yeah, to do it in those cities, uh, all respect to Moline and Milwaukee, but it's it's unusual, and because a lot of times with those cities too, you think, okay, they've never been here, they haven't been here in so many years. With Moline, obviously, they hit Milwaukee quite often. That okay, it's going to be more of the hits, and for it to be the yeah, complete I mean, opposite it's... is uh, uh, pretty surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty they're, cool. It's like, hey, they're good to the smaller yeah. markets, man. Yeah, I mean, That's what yes, I was gonna we saw that show in say. Grand. Yeah, we saw that show in Grand Rapids, yeah. small market. Yeah, uh, and, and it was the best set list of the tour. Was, yeah, absolutely, yeah. one of the best set lists I've ever seen. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, they. they Pearl GM, their set list really isn't dictated by location always, you know, so. Right, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, good stuff. Any uh, other set lists that you didn't catch that stood out to you? Um. Well, I didn't touch on, my disappointing show this year was definitely somebody I've always been into and I've always supported and I really like this band's first record. And they subsequently just seem to be coming too mellow for me, and that's Chris Robinson Brotherhood. Okay. And the show that I've seen a show on every tour they've done, and this year's show, it was just like, I don't know, it was like putting me to sleep. It was too, too as I think Gabe would say, too granola, too crunchy granola. And uh, 
and I love the Grateful Dead, and I'm all about folk music, but it was just, I I think they've gone downhill in the quality of their output, that band. Yeah. The guy's got a lot of influences. The guy's got a lot of influences, and right now only one of those influences is really shining, you know? Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I I don't want to say he's in a rut, but he's in a little bit of a rut. Yeah, I don't think to him he is. I think he loves no, no, right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, it, like like it matters what we think. It's a market for yeah. absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean they're selling tickets. Yeah, no, he looks like he's having stuff. fun. It's just it's, I'm just not I'm just not into it. I just I can't I yeah. can't really get into it. I saw it once. I went on the first time they came around to Chicago back in like I don't know, it was like four or five years ago. Yeah, it was and, like two thousand. 11, I think, or 10, like I think. and I was oh, like, eh, yeah, you know, whatever. It's just, it's too crunchy for me. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I pass it up when it comes through. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, uh, I, I, I do have a set list. I wish I would have liked to have seen Levi. Did you have any? Off the top of my head, I can't think of any. No, I mean, I would have liked to have seen a lot of bands this year, but I didn't have hardly the time or the resources. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, um, uh, that the, and granted, this is ironic, uh, but the Government Mule, uh, Neil Young Halloween show, um, we, we oh, give yeah. Mule a lot of shit for playing so many covers and, and, but they do yeah. it well. Uh, their, their, yeah. their choice of covers is nice, but sometimes it can be like too much candy. It, it's kind of, you know, it's everything in moderation. But when the goal is a Halloween, something like a Halloween show and the, and the goal is to do something really unusual, and the mule played uh, that entire Neil show um, with Revolution Blues and Scenery, uh, Sleeps with Angels. For the Turnstiles. For the Turnstiles, yeah. um, nice. uh, Downtown, uh, Primal Life. I mean, the, the selection of the Neil Piece songs of crap, was... Dude. They did Piece, Piece of, of crap, crap with Matt Apps on vocals. It, absolutely vocals. phenomenal. And I listened to the show, and it's it's pretty solid. Um, yeah, Jackie Green sang a yeah, lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, and then actually, uh, they did it again, um, uh, for their Christmas, Christmas jam. jam. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, shorter. I mean, I mean, oh, wow. in over Halloween, it was, um, gosh, it was like 25 Neil songs. Uh, and for the Christmas jam, it was, I think 11 or 12. Um, but, uh, they also did a, a faces, uh, cover for Ian McLagan. Um, wow. That's just pretty cool. Um, but yeah. yeah, to see that, uh, to see that Neil tribute show is, is, uh, uh, would have been, would have been pretty neat. Absolutely. Yeah, that would, yeah, I, I, that one caught me too. I, I was glad that one's, that yeah. one's, uh, streaming on panic stream. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And they uh, need to yeah. release that on vinyl. Right. You know? Yes. Yeah, since they did the to, yeah. Floyd, yeah. I got an email saying my, uh, dark side of the mule shift so i shouldn't i'll be cool. able to give her a review on it maybe cool. the time we get together nice nice all right last topic of the day guys um want to talk about a joint tour that we would like to see i guess it could be an opener and a headliner or co-headliners if you'd like in my case it's going to be co-headliners um but so this is something that obviously it needs to be realistic you know it needs to one of our caveats was this is something that could you know the likelihood of it happening maybe could happen or it needs to be bands that are current and mm-hmm. you know what um, what have you so uh levi i'll start with you here what about what about yours man i went with a little uh 
like UK player, I guess, this time. I was going with Gomez as the opening act, and, and I'd like to see them open up for Beck. And I was hoping that maybe Gomez's presence might drive Beck into being a little more, like, rocky on the tour or, like, pull out some of the Midnight Vault, some of the Mellow Gold stuff. Like Beck's albums, um, I, I'm not sure Morning Phases and Gomez would work together, but... Um, I don't know, man. Gomez's I, last few I think records would... suck. I'm sorry. Gomez's no, last couple records are for sure. Nuts. No, I will totally. No, agree no, with no, that. no. There, there, there's, there's uh, a new tide is, is solid. Yeah, yeah. there's songs on New Tide I like. I will, I will say though, I've always considered Gomez a better live band. Almost to, I don't want to compare him to the Grateful Dead, but it's like the Grateful Dead never had a ton of killer stuff studio records i mean they had american beauty and working man's dead i think in our gun it, I, is a, in our gun oh yeah in and, our gun is a great yeah, yeah. liquid skin i think well, i think really the first record. three are awesome studio yeah, yeah, yeah but i think in our gun was the pinnacle just, of their studio yeah i i think they're definitely one of the bands though that can still bring it live oh yeah i, I still think they put on a really good live show so yeah i i think i'm doing it more of just their two bands i think would play well off each other it'd be yeah. interesting to see how the set list came out like if beck saw that they were playing something he might be like oh let's try you know something from this long, or you know, Levi, I, a long, on that note a long time ago it's like 2001 2002 beck did that tour where the flaming lips opened for him and they served as his backing band okay so you wow. could even do something oh, yeah. like you, that you, too, we were thinking you know? the same yeah. thing there yes yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which oh, I, yeah. I, that's that's a tour cool. I regret not seeing. Jesus Christ, that was one of my favorite shows oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did see that, didn't yeah. you? God, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that was right around the time too, like the, Yoshimi was out, and yeah, was, yeah, it was Yoshimi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Anyway, good choice, Levi, and um, yeah, and uh, guys, I, I know I, I, I give it on the chin to Gomez uh, these the last couple of records i just i uh i just uh, one of the bands for me that just just my opinion of them was so high and then it just uh, it just dropped you know well and, and it goes uh, back anyway. to what what we talk about which is these bands now you know they have to tour uh they have to put out records just to generate income and when a band like that i assume for those first three records they were all living on the same continent and now they aren't uh, you know, some oh, of them yeah, I believe absolutely. live in LA. They were younger. You they, know, were they were younger. younger. They probably oh, yeah. they probably hung out more. They partied more. You know, right. like just reflects right. where you were. You know, and you're yeah. like, well, they were on a major. They were on a really good contract on a major label. They were on Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And they got a lot of critical buzz. Uh, bring it on. Yeah. One. Um, yeah. One yeah, the uh, uh, um, what's Booker the Price? British? Prize? No, Booker Prize is for books. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I, uh, I I forget the, the rookie of the year award. Well, it's like no, it's no, like, it's like the, the best British album. Yeah, yeah. Of the yeah, year. I remember. I can't remember. The I, mean, I don't know. I, what's that? Award? Mercury Prize. Mercury Prize. Mercury yes, Prize. yes. That's okay. what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. You know, it's like yeah. it's oh, it's yeah. the biggest British music award. Alt J won it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right, oh. right. Um, so all right. yeah, yeah. It's Jonathan. Uh, what about yeah. you? Uh, I think ahead, uh, that. I, I I have a common denominator between two options here. Uh, Arcade Fire, uh, a pretty diverse band. Oh, yeah. And can bridge the gap uh, between uh, different areas of rock. 
And so I'd like to see Arcade Fire and Springsteen. Granted, Springsteen never has an opener, let alone really a co-headliner, unless he's at a festival or something. And uh, and with the idea, too, that they would uh, there would probably be some teaming up and jams going on and all of that. Uh, that would be a lot of people on stage, granted, between the E Street Band and Arcade Fire. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, Get its own zip code. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the, on, uh, on the other uh, side of that bridge, I'd like to see Arcade Fire and, and David Bowie uh, do a tour. And I think I joked about that uh, earlier this year, and, and it was like, oh, wait a second, that would be a good idea. Um didn't they play together once? Yes, yes, they did. It was uh, I thought something. It was a fashion related, I believe. I don't know if it was like a fashion show or he must he must dig them because it's it's kind of like a big deal to get that guy out now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he doesn't really make a lot of appearances anymore, right? And and he did some backing vocals. I, mean, I think some of it's his health. Um, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he did the back, backing vocals on the most recent Arcade Fire record, and uh, so yeah, I think there's definitely a rapport there. Um, but to, to see kind of just even the, the production of it all, cause Arcade Fire's production is, uh, it's, it's modest in a lot of ways, but it's, it's pretty intense at times. Uh, uh, and to yeah. see what they could do together would be really interesting. Good pairings. Yeah. Good pairings. Definitely. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, this one was, was pretty, it was pretty easy. It was just the first choice that came into my head. Um, and I think, like I said, I think this needs to happen relatively soon um neil young and crazy horse and pearl jam co-headliners you know same set list time for each of them Mm -hmm. and then maybe an encore with everybody perfect perfect tour in my opinion oh yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think i think a lot of mainstream fans wouldn't would be surprised that it hasn't happened already i think a lot of people are like they they link those two people together already they've toured together first but it's never happened yes Right. Yeah, right. I think the closest yeah. thing was the Rock Hall inductions, uh, where yeah. Neil and Crazy Horse played, and then I think uh, some members of Pearl Jam were up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, I'll say it: all three of our dream tours, Pearl Jam with the Black Crows opening, probably. I would say. <laughs> it's it's pretty much the rock and roll Shinsu tour. Well, and, and I, I would like to see the PJ Soundgarden slash Temple of the Dog encore. Uh, tour as well yeah that would be all right yeah absolutely Um, what what about like stp pearl jam soundgarden like like they could get maybe those three together you would have to be careful because like a seattle sound it it would it would be i think it would be marketed unintentionally as kind of the uh yeah 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 Yeah. so you don't want to get that label um I don't know if there was ever a, kind of a link between STP and and those other bands, other than just being big at the same time. Did they do Lollapalooza or anything together? I don't I think know. so. I mean, no. STP's from San Diego, right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean they they got they they got thrown into the same category, you know, and they emerged around. The yeah, same they were on the charts together. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, but, STP's kind of fallen anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, Sorry. shoot, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be down for it. Um, and the closest thing you got with the Neil thing <laughs> was uh, the Neil Jam Tour in 95, uh, where uh, Neil toured with, with Pearl Jam without Eddie as, as his backing band uh, throughout uh, Europe. Okay. 
uh, which okay, yeah, I didn't think yeah. that was a, that wasn't like a lot of dates, right? I mean, I think it was like a dozen, maybe maybe okay. twenty, uh, and they did a lot of mirror ball, obviously. Is that around like the the mirror ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. ninety five. Yeah, it was for right mirror ball. Um, I think Brendan O'Brien even was on that tour uh, as the keyboardist, wow. and uh, but yeah. yeah, no, no Eddie. Cool. Nice. Good stuff, guys. Well, um, you know, on that note, uh, we're probably going to take her home here. I want to remind everybody to like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, and then also we've got the webpage going up, right? Uh, uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Rock2.com will... Rock2.com is going to be arriving soon. But yeah, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and uh, tell all your friends about us uh, because we'll be talking baseball and rock and roll here all the time. So uh, until then, until the next time we meet, uh, keep up the on-base percentage and keep the amps turned up to 11. I'll see you guys next time. See you. Yep.